All right, let's bow our heads for prayer. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning so thankful that we can gather together and study your word. Father, we just thank you for the blessings of this week. Father, we just thank you that no matter where we look around us, Father, if we look, we can be reminded of you. And your, your mercy and your grace that was poured out on us. We thank you. We thank you for these examples in Scripture that keep us on track, that are, were sent to us and inspired by you to give us to keep us on track. And Lord, that we might have a road map of how to endure. These things I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn with me, if you will, to Exodus chapter 4. Exodus chapter 4. Now, last time, we know that God told Moses He was going to send him to ask Pharaoh to let his people go. And Moses didn't feel worthy. Well, we're going to see here, we're going to continue on this morning that those same feelings didn't diminish just because God said He was going to do it. Or that, that God told Him He could do it. And what I want us to see here this morning is, is that we have those same feelings. There are many times throughout our life that God allows circumstances in our life where we think we can't we can't do it that we're not worthy we don't have the power we don't have the strength the courage and and what we're going to see here that is this morning that if God ordains something in your life he is going to give you the tools to carry it through to carry it through so let's start here in the beginning of chapter 4 then Moses answered and said now he's still talking to God he said but suppose they will not believe me or listen to my voice suppose they say the Lord has not appeared to you now I think Moses had a pretty good idea of people and he had a pretty good understanding of people and there are many times when when we don't believe what people say because why they're they're no better than we are they're just a man Especially when you're in leadership positions and, and sometimes you have got to lead people through a difficult situation in which they already are scared of an outside source. So fear is, is already in them. And, and now Moses has got to go convince them to, to listen to him and that a God in which they can't see spoke to him. Verse 2, So the Lord said to him, what is, it that, what is that in your hand? A rod? And he said, Cast it on the ground. So he cast it on the ground, and it became a serpent, and Moses fled from it. Now, my rod here this morning doesn't look anything like Moses' rod, but it, it's a visual. And if I was to walk out there and throw that on the ground and it turned into a snake, you all know how I feel about snakes. It would scare me too, just like it did Moses. Moses. <clears throat> 
But what I want you to see here this morning that, that God can use the most ordinary things in your life to do extraordinary things. He, he takes great... He, he, he's... That's not what I want to say. Anyway, He uses ordinary things in our life to do extraordinary things. There was a lady at the, the promise the other night and I wish I'd have told you to bring that picture. Who takes pencils, just an old pencil, colored pencils, and when she puts those pencils to paper, they turn into the most beautiful images. Now there's nothing special about that pencil. Is it? You can go to Walmart and buy all kinds of pencils. But it's what God's doing through her and then through her hands that makes it extraordinary and brings glory to Him. She's just the vessel. She's just an instrument. Just like I'm just an instrument up here on this podium. I, there's nothing special, I promise you, about me. But we must come to a place where we, we submit to God's authority over our life so that He can do extraordinary things to bring Himself glory with our ordinary instruments. But instead, we, we fight against it. We rebel. When all we have to do is humble ourselves before Him, but before Him, and He can do miraculous things with us. So if I threw that thing down on the on the floor and it turned into a snake, yeah, I'd run. Last thing I want is a snake. So the Lord said, "What is that in your hand?" He said, "A rod." And He said, "Cast it on the ground." So He cast it on the ground, and it became a serpent. And Moses fled from it. Then the Lord said to Moses, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. Not me. And he reached out his hand and caught it and it became a rod in his hand. That they might believe that the Lord God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. He said, I'm going to have... He said, I'm going to have to make believers out of them. He said, but I can. I have the power to do it. Just like your unbelief, Moses. Just like your unbelief, Scott. I have to do things in your life that, that only I can do to make you see. Isn't that right? Doesn't God still have to do things in our life that only God can do to shake us and wake us up and know that it is God? He hadn't quit doing things like that. Yeah, I hadn't seen a, a rod turn into a snake lately. But all the time, God working in my life does things that are so obvious that it is God. We still have to have those things mind-shaking things take place in our life to keep our attention, don't we? 
Verse 5, verse, verse 6. Furthermore, the Lord said to him, Now put your hand in your bosom. And he put his hand in his bosom, and when he took it out, behold, his hand was leprous like snow. Now, if you remember leprosy, there was no cure for leprosy. It was the most feared disease that there was. Speaking of, I'll leave that alone. No, I won't. Let me tell you something. We were not created out of a spirit of fear. And I want you to know that this illness that's going around is real. It is real. 100% real. But we were not created out of a spirit of fear. Yesterday, Felicia and I were in a grocery store. And I came around the corner, and I kid you not, this lady, she had everything on her was covered up. The only thing she didn't have was a, a, one of those suits. She had gloves. She had a mask. She had a shield and, and glasses, glasses with side pieces on top. So she had three layers on her face. And, you know, I felt sorry for her. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not making fun at all. Please understand, I am not. It is serious. I am not, I am not downgrading the seriousness of this illness at all. But, but people, if you are, are saved by the grace of God, you don't have to live in fear. You don't have to live in fear. Yes, we have a responsibility to take care of ourselves and, 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 and be smart. And we sh we're supposed to. Okay? You don't have to live in fear. That, that, that was the most... I, I just... I wanted to... Hug her. Because... Well, that was a bad... Uh, yeah. She probably would have whacked me with her rod. But when she got... To, we happened to get behind her at the, at the checkout. And when she got ready to pay, literally... She took her card out and she went, like, get it from way over there, please. And I thought, man, you need Jesus. You need Jesus. Because I'm going to tell you something, folks. This ain't going away. Are, are we going to live the rest of our lives in fear? How can we be a how can we be an example of Jesus if we walk around in fear? Sorry, that was a rabbit trail, but So, verse 6, furthermore the Lord said, "Now put your hand in your bosom." Now we leprosy was the most feared disease there was because there was no cure. Okay? And he said, put your hand in your bosom again. So he put his hand in his bosom again and drew it out of his bosom. And behold, it was restored like his other flesh. So he sticks his hand in his bosom and he draws it out and he's, it's, it's got leprosy all over it. Can you imagine it, his heart rate? And he said, Moses, stick it back in there. Pulls it out and it's normal. 
was showing Moses his power. His sovereignty over everything. That same power and sovereignty that he has to display to us. And give to us. He says, Moses, if I can overcome leprosy, if I can turn that rod into a snake. And, and turn it back into a rod and clean your hand and make it, make it whole. I have the power to turn their minds and follow you. Moses isn't convinced yet. Because he comes up with another excuse. Say, oh, I don't even get it. Same reason you mean you don't get it. The same reason why we have an excuse after excuse after excuse when God's trying to lead us and drag us down a specific way. We've got excuse after excuse after excuse why we're not worthy, why we're not good enough, why we're not the one he should pick. I know because I went through this. I'm, let me tell you something. This, is, this was me. This was me. If there's ever a story that relates to Scott so much in the Bible, this is it. This is it. Verse 8, Then it will be that if they do not believe you, nor heed the message of the first sign, that they may believe the message of the latter. He said, they may not believe the snake, even though it's a, it's a miracle. But if they don't, put the hand in the bosom. Scare the daylights out of them. Because when you draw your hand out, the only disease that there is that has no cure, that the only way in the world that it could be cured is by God, that may take, it may be what it takes. Sometimes it takes those drastic measures for us. Sometimes He shows us we still don't believe. We're not convinced. Verse 9, and it shall be if they do not believe even those two signs or listen to your voice that you shall take water from the river. <laughs> Wasn't enough. Take water from the river and pour it out on dry land and the water which you take from the river will become blood on dry land. Then Moses said to the Lord, O oh my Lord, I am not eloquent. <laughs> neither before nor since, uh, neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant but I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. Then Mo, uh, so the Lord said to him, Who has made man's mouth? Or who makes the mute, the deaf, the seeing, or the blind? Have I not the Lord? Isn't that how we do it, though? Don't, don't we try to reason with God? Don't, don't we try to convince him that we are not the ones? I did. I gave him all kinds of excuses why I, I didn't, wasn't supposed to be the one here. Why I shouldn't be the one here. Why I didn't want to be the one here. That was more, that was really the issue. But, but, but he says, I got the power to make all that right. I am who I am, remember? 
I am has come. I am is speaking. I have all authority, he says. Who makes, the, who makes you be able to speak? It's funny, though, how he deals with Moses here. Okay, okay, he says. Verse 12, Now therefore go and I will, I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall say. Well, if, we'd all, if we would all learn that one principle right there, things would be so much better for us and easier for us. If we would let God control the words in our tongue, we would keep ourselves out of 95% of the trouble we get in. But he says, go and I will, I will teach you what to say. But he said, oh, my Lord, please send by the hand of whomever else you may send. He's still begging God, not me, Father. I don't want to do it. Don't you see I can't even talk good? But he said, uh, so the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. You see, when you're his, when you're his vessel, his long-suffering is poured out. How many times you thrown a temper tantrum with God? Don't sit there and tell me you hadn't. How many times you thrown a temper tantrum with God and, and if you'd have been, if that had been your child, you'd have yanked him up and whipped him and, and sent him away. Aren't you thankful God's got long suffering with us? Time and time again, we don't learn just one time. Do we? Oh, we wring our hands and stomp our feet. Not, it's not supposed to be me, Father. But says, so the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses, and he said, Is not Aaron the Levite your brother? I know that he can speak well, and look, he is coming out to meet you. When he sees you, he will be glad in his heart. He said, all right, Moses. All right, Scott. You're, you're wiggling. You're, you're trying to wiggle your way out of this thing just as, just as fast and hard as you can. I'll give you your excuse. You don't speak well. But guess what? I got somebody to speak for you. You see, Moses thought he had a an issue that, that would keep him from being able to do what God wanted him to do. He didn't speak well. God says, come on, I, you don't have to speak. I'll have somebody speak for you. But I'm still going to use you. I'm still going to use you to be the figurehead when you go to Pharaoh. You're not going to get out of it, Moses. You're not going to get out of it, Scott. You can either surrender and let me do this and help you do this, or it's going to be painful. He says, look, here comes Aaron. He can talk well. You don't have to say a thing, Moses. Aaron, I'll have Aaron speak for you. 
You, you just tell, you, you just be ready to give to Aaron what I give to you. Oh, I can only imagine what was going through Moses' mind. Verse 15, now you shall speak to him and put the words in his mouth and I will be with your mouth and with his mouth I will teach you what, he sh what you shall do. Now, before we go much further, I want you to think about what had to have been taking place in Aaron. You see, all the while when we think God's just dealing with us about an issue, He's dealing with somebody else too. He's preparing Aaron all this time to be the spokesman. All this time while Moses is throwing his little temper tantrum and trying to talk God out of why he, he shouldn't be the one, all the while God's been preparing Aaron to help him. Don't we feel alone in situations? Don't we feel alone in circumstances? Well, I got news for you. When, you're, when you and this church body is in its circumstances, there's a whole group of people that's being dealt with through your circumstances. There's a whole group of people that God's dealing with while you go through your circumstances. Whether it be in their prayer life or whatever it might be. He uses the trials and tribulations and the things that He's doing in each of our lives to build the rest of us up. To prepare the rest of us to be the support just like Aaron was about to be the support for Moses. Sixteen. So he shall be your spokesperson to the people. And he himself shall be as a mouth for you, and you shall be to him as God. You say, oh, hold on. It's figurative. He said, Moses, I'm going to give you the words. Verbatim. And I've done a work in Aaron so that whatever I tell you verbatim, you tell him just like I have told you. When you tell him, he's going to say it. You see the picture? God to Moses, Moses to Aaron. He said, I'm going to speak to you. Then you speak to him and he'll speak to the people. Mm, there must have been a mighty work take place in Aaron, huh? I can, I, I, I can just. Have you ever, have you ever been talking to someone and you, t you're telling someone something you want to convey, and, and and they try to say it for you. They try to finish it for you. They, they try to put words in your mouth. God must have done something in Aaron where he just sat and took it all in. And think of the memory that he must have been given. From time to time throughout the Bible, I think of their memory 
and, and the mind that, that God must have given some of these people. For them to remember exactly, exactly what God said when they were repeating it. I'm going to tell you something. I get so nervous, I, I forget half of it. Think about it. But he supernaturally did something in these people's mind. You say, well, he, I'm going to tell you something. If he put you in a situation like that, he, would do, he, he could do the same thing for me and you. you. You wouldn't utter the wrong word at all. Because it would be divinely inspired and, and, and laid on you by him. So he shall be your spokesperson to the people and he himself shall be as a mouth for you and you shall be, a be to him as God. And you shall take this rod in your hand with which you shall do the signs. So Moses went and returned to Jethro his father-in-law and said to him, Please let me go and return to my brethren who are in Egypt and see whether they, will, they are still alive. And Jethro said to Moses, Go in peace. Here again, let's take note of what God had to have been working in Jethro. Because he, he's, he, he, he's fixing to take his daughters and go away. Not only that, he's going to go back to where he fled from. He could possibly be taking his daughters to danger. Verse 19, Now the Lord said to Moses and Midian, Go return to Egypt, for all the men who sought your life are dead. He said, I've taken care of them. Then Moses took his wife and his sons and set them on a donkey, and he returned to the land of Egypt. And Moses took the rod of God in his hand. And the Lord said to Moses, When you go back to Egypt, see that you do all those wonders before Pharaoh which I have put in your hand. But I will harden his heart so that he will not let the people go. Can you imagine Moses' response? What? You're going to send me over there and he's not he, for him to say no? Isn't that how we would react? But he said, I'm going to harden his heart and he will not let you go. Then you shall say to Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord, Israel is my son, my firstborn. So I say to you, let my son go that he may serve me. But if you, are, if you refuse to let him go, indeed I will kill your son your firstborn. And it came to pass on the way to the encampment that the Lord met with him and sought to kill him. Then Zipporah took a sharp stone and cut off the foreskin of her son, cast it at Moses' feet, and said, Surely you are a husband of blood to me. Oh, now who's throwing a temper tantrum? <laughs> so let him go, then she said. You are a husband of blood before of the, uh, because of the circumcision. And the Lord said to Aaron, Go into the wilderness to meet Moses. So he went and met him on the mountain of God and kissed him. So Moses told Aaron all the words of the Lord who had sent him and all the signs in which had commanded him. Then Moses and Aaron went and gathered together all the elders of the children of Israel. And Aaron spoke all the words which the Lord had spoken to Moses. Then he did the signs in the sight of the people. So the people believed and when they had heard the Lord had visited the children of Israel, and that he had looked on their affliction, then they bowed their heads and worshipped. 
deliverance. Just like God took care of those people in that day, He'll take care of these people in this day. What we have to be listening for is the Word of the Lord. What we have to be in tune to is what God is telling us each step to make. We've got to throw down all the barriers, all the excuses of why we can't do what God's calling us to do. Why we can't be what God's calling us to be. Why we're not the ones He wants to use. I want you to know you were created for this time. You were created for this time and this place for a reason. And God's people got to turn their ears on. God's people need to start listening and be what He's called us to be. Preachers to get back to the truth the whole truth and nothing but the truth for the Bible says the truth is what will set you free the truth is what's going to set us free I plan to be led by the truth I plan to walk by the truth I'm going to tell you something there's a hungry bunch of people out there we saw it all week long from place to place there's people out there, there are souls out there that hunger for the truth. I didn't, I, I didn't testify to nobody while I was gone. Don't have to. We were in a, we were in a place, we were in a place, listen to this, we were in a place minding our own business and it wasn't at the passion play. We were trying to mind our own business. And a lady next to me said, you're a pastor, aren't you? Isn't that right? She said, normally I can tell by the, the pastor's wife. Of course, my wife. Does, you know, Why? Not, not this one. But that's not true. That's not true. There's a witness, there's a witness on her just like there's a witness on me. But she said, I could tell. I don't know if I think she said by the way you talk. I, I don't know, something. But but that's spiritual discernment. That's spiritual discernment. I don't walk around telling people I'm a pastor. I'm try, I, we were trying to get away. But that is exactly why it is important that we carry ourselves in who we are, Jesus. All the time. Because though we may not tell people who we are, they can discern who we are. They can discern who we serve. And then right after that is when the restaurant broke out in him. You talk about 
a blessing. To be sitting there in a, in a secular establishment eating lunch or tr uh, trying to eat lunch and all of a sudden it breaks out in, in hymns to our Lord. And, and this one over here gets up and starts signing. And this one back here starts singing. And this one over here says, keep going. Let me tell you something, there's hungry folks out there. There's hungry souls out there for the things of God. We just got to listen. I was ready to preach. I was ready to preach. I think Felicia thought I was going to preach. It's not just Eureka Springs. It's Cayuga, Texas. It's Corsicana, Texas. It's Athens, Texas. It's all over. It's all over. The Bible tells us that each and every one of us will not be able to stand before Him and deny that we ever knew Him or knew who He was. That just the things in which He's created will reveal Himself to them. Just creation. Listen. Listen. Be in tune. If God, if God sets something before you to do, don't make excuses. If He chose you to do it, you're going to do it one way or the other. I promise you. So, so you might just surrender. Because he, he will, from, let me speak from experience, He will squeeze you and squeeze you and squeeze the life out of you until you can't do anything but say, Yes, Lord, lead and I shall follow. Praise God. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank You for this message. We thank You for Your example in Moses. Father, we, we thank You for Your example in Israel. We are a people that, that, are, that are rapidly approaching oppression and persecution. Father, you have told us in the end of the book that we come out victorious. And you have told us that all we have to endure is all we have to do is endure to the end. Father, I'm asking, praying and pleading. Would you give us the courage and the faith to endure? Just endure. You've promised to give us that. You've promised to make us strong enough courageous enough and willing to follow you. These things I ask in Jesus' name. Amen.